Hello and welcome back to the Folk Podcast, episode 81. Uh, so we all three just got back from the gathering we had mentioned last week. Uh, so I do want to do a quick little recap with everyone, uh, how the gathering was for you before we move into uh, today's topic, which is Ragnarok. Uh, so it's weird, we're going from a really happy subject to a serious subject, kind of. Uh, so Ian, let's start with you. How was, how was the gathering for you in Ohio? Oh, man. Um, it was really good. Uh, it was it was exciting to kind of see what we could potentially have in the future. And uh, it was just, it was a very nice like vibe, honestly. Like the evenings were probably some of my favorite parts where everybody was just kind of inside and just chatting away around the fires and stuff like that. And it was just very cozy. And for anyone who doesn't know uh, what he's referring to is the fact that the uh, gathering we had was at a Viking long haul. Uh, which is amazing. So it was a uh, made by a LARP group some years ago, and they've recently decided to open it up on Hip Camp to rent. Uh, so you can rent it out too. It's a little, it's a little large. I mean, it's obviously for large groups, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was absolutely amazing space, and the video should be coming out here soon. But uh, Caleb, how was it for you? Uh, it was great. I mean, the energy of, of the whole weekend was really good, um, and it was great to see you know people I hadn't seen in months. <laughs> and I think we'll actually be, a, yeah. If we hear Caleb yawning, it's, uh, it's not because of the uh, because of the gathering or because Ian and I bore him. I mean, it might be, but because we bore him, uh, but it's because of that little that nuclear reactor you call a child and then the newborn. Yeah, yeah. Just wait for the other one to get to two or three years old, then I'll have two nuclear reactors. <laughs> and chaos children. <laughs> um, but I think we're actually going to be able to get out and go camping more because this was good this was a good test to see like how it how it worked out i know we were in a yurt but you know still same kind of vibe to it and help uh and i about went with the family curse uh started naming my daughter calling my daughters after every other name but theirs <laughs> shit um but yeah uh bella really loved the yurt and she didn't want to leave it so I think uh, whenever we go, uh, when we go on little trips, stuff like that, we may try to find like yurts or something like that to stay in. I never actually saw the inside of the yurt. Like, what was it like in there? It was actually really nice. It um, there was there was three beds in there, um, and there was supposed to be another family in there, but then they just they brought their tent and decided they were going to stay in the tent. But so that worked out for us. So we had a bed for Bella, and then we had um, there was just like a big open space. It was kind of like. Uh, trying to think exactly i mean it, the the whole thing was about the size of like like a really large living room just round so you had one bed for sleeping and another bed for the moments oh no there was <laughs> 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 no there wasn't any of that i have to make sure that amber knows that i i respect her but also i respect the joke more <laughs> oh, Fuck it all. <laughs> she specifically said never to say that again. <laughs> <laughs> this is how she knows we're accepting her is because we do things like that. We rat on each yeah. other. <laughs> oh shit! What a start. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, with that, yeah, the gathering was really great. Uh, you know, like I said, we already have we have a really cool video coming. I'm finally starting on those edits. Uh, we had a lot of really great funny moments, but I mean, I think the thing that a lot of us left from that weekend is how much happened in just really two and a half, three days. Uh, we had so many rituals, we had so many moments, uh, so many great just like little memories here and there, things that would pop up. Uh, you know, little drum circles, sword fighting, wrestling, 
archery exploration swimming in the the creek uh weird lobster (laughs) spirit that logan pulled out of the creek you know (laughs) there was yeah just so many great moments that were not scripted you know like uh i I think it's always really great that you know i come to these things I, i record them and stuff but there's still all these things that are unscripted the things that are not planned um and things that we never catch on video because it's impossible to catch everything on video um and so those stories just live on through us uh so speaking of stories that live on we're here to talk about one of the story, one of the oldest stories, and one of the stories most people know about uh, Norse mythology and the Norse faith today, and that is Ragnarok. Uh, so we're going to be discussing this, but I do want to uh, call attention to uh, someone that sent us an email. His name was John. So John, thank you for sending your email in. Um, you didn't state that you wanted to be on the podcast, so we didn't ask you to be on the podcast. But we're here to talk about it because you kind of asked about our thoughts. So here's a whole episode sharing our thoughts about Ragnarok because we actually haven't made an episode about this yet. Uh, So here's the email we got from John. Um, It starts with Ragnarok is debatable as whether or not it has occurred yet. I believe it hasn't. And here's why my two biggest reasons are the fact that Thor still lives on as well as Loki is still bound. We still feel Thor not only in his thunder, but also in his presence. Our gods died just like us. So if Thor had died, I do not see why this is possible. Every time the venom drips on Loki's head, an earthquake occurs. So he should still be bound. Many civilizations have come and gone on our earth, leaving behind many unexplained mysteries as we have yet to, sol- uh, yet to solve them. Therefore, I believe our end is Ragnarok. One of the biggest reasons beca- uh, behind Loki's chaos is creation, which leads to believe- me to believe this is the reason he leads the Jotuns in Ragnarok. Not sure, uh, not purely for chaos and destruction, but to recreate the world as a civilization, uh, recreate the world we as a civilization have destroyed. I fully believe most of the time here is a method to the madness. Um, I'm uh, sure more of this will come to me as I continue my madness in this subject, but I want to know what you got. Uh, that is what I have so far. I hope you guys enjoyed reading this. Um, and looking forward to your thoughts. So, yeah, uh, I feel, yeah, I feel like that's a really good, uh, you know, starting point as far as the gods being dead. Cause I think that's a lot, a lot of times if I get like Christian troll comments online, it's usually like, um, your gods died during Ragnarok, so they're not around anymore. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, I know like we've, we as like a community, like I know this has kind of popped up in the Discord before where uh, Ragnarok is more of a cycle. So it, it may or may not have happened multiple times. Um, I mean, we've seen, you know, I, I know like a lot of people have kind of brought this idea up and matched it with essentially the fall of like Norse paganism when it was in its, its you know, at the, basically the end of the Viking age. Um, you know, as a form of Ragnarok, because at that point, you know, Christianity really took over and, and you know, this religion essentially died out or went underground. So I know like some people have kind of associated it like with that, but it kind of comes and goes in cycles. Um, and I can, I can kind of get behind that to a degree because I mean, I feel like at that point in time, I mean, so to speak, like the Norse gods essentially did die in the fact that the faith wasn't really practiced in its entirety or as fully as you know it once was and like i said it was it mainly went underground because that's where people felt safe in order to do so um but i don't know i mean as far as like a a legitimate like apocalyptic like all of a sudden earthquake stops because loki is unbound and break through and you know Fenrir's children eat the sun and the moon kind of a thing like I don't know we saw some weird stuff in Wisconsin with that cloud which was kind of spooky (laughs) for those who haven't heard that story 
Uh, yeah, there was a cloud that started taking the shape of a wolf, and it looked like it was devouring the moon uh, in Wisconsin. So that was a thing. I mean, it was pretty cool looking. It was pretty cool. Looking. <laughs> but, I mean, at the same time, yeah, obviously, the world did not end. I'm much along the same opinion as uh, as what Ian mentioned. Uh, we, we've talked about it before. I believe it's at some gatherings. It's I can't remember which one because I've went to so many now. Um, but I kind of I've always kind of seen it as like it's most likely a, a cycle that repeats itself. Now whether it's an actual apocalyptic thing that the world ends and and then is reborn and everything starts anew, uh, I don't know. But uh, we do know that like you know Balder and Hodor they they come back uh, to life after they die. Uh, after the end of Ragnarok and so I don't see why if it is a cycle and it's all a, a rebirth and a renewal why the other gods couldn't come back as well right and I mean if we're actually talking about the gods as like gods you know what gives them their power I mean we we hear about Odin going down to Helheim you know when Odin dies you know does he go to Valhalla does he go to Helheim like how does that work out you know so there's a lot of like you know these plot holes so to speak in the mythology like if Odin dies I mean we understand death they would go somewhere else and we already see the gods traveling around the realms anyways and so you know just because Odin dies in Ragnarok in his physical form does that mean he necessarily is not connectable anymore as an idea um and something I'll pull in from my recent readings here um and I'm going to be making a video on these three books uh here soon but I've gotten uh, Heimskringla, the or the Lives of the Norse Kings by Snorri Sturluson. Uh, the boys on the podcast can see how thick this boy is. This is a thick book. It's over 600 pages of Norwegian history. Um, and some would argue it's a little dry, but there is some really interesting things in here. And one of the things it mentions is the life of Odin and how Odin lived and died. And how he was basically like a great king that was exalted to godhood. And then after his death, people still exalted him as a god. Uh, now, you know, it depends on what you believe, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, and even myself believe this is just a fabrication by Snorri to create a divine right to rule for the Norwegian king, because that's what he was literally doing. Um, because basically people during that time believed that God gave like the English kings the divine right to rule and the Scandinavian people were not accepting Norwegian kings and so they needed a way to trace them back to the gods. But regardless, the idea of a king dying, you know, even if it's just like a godlike king, and then people afterwards still worshiping him, it's something we've seen around the world. I mean, even Odysseus from the Odyssey, um, he was worshiped as a hero god uh, by the Greek people for hundreds, like 300 or 400 years after he died. And there was a big thing in the uh, in Celtic mythologies. And like, I guess it you can say Celtic as far as like it being all like what like the Welsh, the Irish, Scots and the original Britons, but they all did hero worship as well. And then uh, something something that I wanted to mention before, uh, I forgot to mention before, was like, we only have, you know, the, the few stories that we do, the few things that survive. I mean, there's, it's, uh, it's, there's no way for us to know what all we lost to, that was all just oral history, you know, all the oral stories that never were written down. So it's hard to, you know, we don't have the full picture. We're still putting all that together. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like, tinfoil had it. Like, for all we know, like... Tinfoil hat moment. You know, for mm -hmm. all we know, right, the story of Ragnarok could have literally just been created as, like, that way of conversion or, like, that seeking of salvation. Well, and I, I do know, I, I like, I have never actually read the words myself. I know Crawford mentions it, that in the actual 
prose or poetic and itself like snorri inserted like a basically god comes and like converts the people after ragnarok and it's just like yep all the gods died and then god shows up and shows you oh. the light <laughs> and i yeah. think it's one of those things that all scholars have just kicked out <laughs> yeah. yeah so like, yeah, there was yeah. To some degree, like there, there could potentially be something like that. You know, for all we know, like maybe the entirety of Ragnarok could have been fabricated to some degree as a as a conversion tool. Potentially, we, we don't no. know. There was one thing I remember seeing early on whenever I started following uh, the Norse gods, um, and I I can't remember the name of the source, but I, I remember seeing something where it was like they they there was the whole you know the whole end of the world the Ragnarok story. And then at the end of it, there was two people, like a man and a woman that had like hidden themselves inside of a tree. And then they came out after everything was over with. And it was kind of oddly set up kind of like, you know, Eden. So. Well, that's actually in the poetic Edda, I believe. Oh, is uh, it? Like in the actual, like, this is a straight poetic Edda, is that two hmm. humans climb into the tree and survive. And then like Balder takes over and Balder is kind of that messianic figure a little bit. But again, it's weird because again, Balder died and he comes mm -hmm. back. So, you know, why can't the other gods come back? Hmm. Now, moving on to specifically to Th uh, the uh, what John gave us here in Thor and Loki, that is an interesting observation because uh, I've always loved the idea and the myth that uh, or like, you know, almost like the fireside story that earthquakes are caused by Loki's pain. Like, I just really like that as an idea. Not that I mean Loki had pain necessarily, but, it, you know, the, the idea of just like that source for earthquakes, you know, because to me that that isn't necessarily directly from source material i'm pretty sure what they happened uh you know maybe this is just my own thought is people were sitting around one day and the earth shook and they're like what the fuck was that you know and they're like i don't know and then they had their mythologies they had their understanding of the universe and they're like well maybe this is someone tied up underground like it has to be someone underground and then the story from loki being tied up was created from that you know i don't think earthquakes magically showed up you know after loki was tied up i think it was a explanation for earthquakes yeah, I mean, it is, it is kind of, in a way, like, I don't even, I want to, don't want to use the term fun, because yeah, like, Loki suffering is not fun, but a, a, a way to kind of explain things, obviously, that they didn't have an explanation for, and it, it, it kind of adds to the, the fact that a lot of the physical things that we see in the world, we can you know, today we can associate with a deity, you know, or like a particular deity or or some sort of event that is happening or has happened in the stories. So I, I definitely think it adds to just the the feeling of real when it comes to the faith to some degree. So like, yeah, so if you do have it, like you're in an area where there's an earthquake, or even if you're in an area that's not prone to earthquakes, I've only experienced an earthquake once. That was very, very mild. Freaked me out because I thought, the, the building was collapsing because it just felt like it was shifting um you know and i was just honestly confused but then like looking back at it like you know if i had really looked at it from like a north taking perspective with that story i would have been like oh well he's writhing in pain right now like okay i'll just calm down you know what i mean i don't know so i don't know if this is actually like a real story and i don't remember if it was like uh from this maybe it was just a silly story i was taught there, i took a history of kentucky class uh, at one point and like the teacher there was a little eccentric and I feel like she kind of lied to us a lot and just told us like old wives tales, but I still like this old wives tale. So like the history of like, the, like the Quakers, like, like the reason like Quakers got their names, I think it's because they like 
shake when they have religious experiences. But like the story she told us is that Kentucky was the first place that Europeans encountered earthquakes because it is possible for earthquakes to happen in Kentucky. And so as they were moving, and earthquakes are very rare in like mainland Europe. And so they actually hadn't experienced one. And so when they were traveling across uh, America and they reached Kentucky, they experienced their first earthquake and they thought it was like the rapture happening. And so they actually like created a religion around the fact that the rapture was happening and they experienced it first in Kentucky. Uh, but I'm looking up right now and it says Quakers were like, first established in like 1652 in England. So I, again, I think this one was lied to me, but I thought it was an interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's, I know a lot of like things, if you look up, I mean, obviously if you look up anything on the internet, you have to take it the grain of salt, but I like there is to some degree, a lot of people, a lot of articles regarding like Ragnarok will kind of tied into a, a, Christian influence apocalypse. This seems to be, I was kind of like coming through the internet just a second ago here, just to kind of see like what the consensus of the internet is. And one of the articles that I was just kind of going through saying that it was a very, um, I'll just kind of read it word for word here. Um, <clears throat> let me see here. Yeah, it says it has been claimed, however, that in pre Christian Norse beliefs, there was no rebirth after the fall of the gods. So, according to this, you know, it's basically saying that afterwards, I mean, that kind of goes against the cycle part, you know, like basically once Ragnarok happens and the gods die, that's it, the end of story, you know, even though we then have stuff, you know, in most of the mythology and the stories of Ragnarok, there is obviously like, uh, like what Caleb, when you mentioned the two humans that survive in Baldur, uh, basically taking over, um, you know, kind of goes against that, but obviously it does say pre-Christian. So again, it, it's one of those things where it's such an old story that obviously has had multiple influences from many peoples and and some religious uh, beliefs that, you know, who's to kind of say what the original story is at this point. Okay, I've gone down the rabbit hole now. Uh, <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Here we go. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure it was the Shakers, not the Quakers. Uh have you even heard of the shakers before no okay so the the funny thing is they have other names these are like their derogatory names that they have adopted as like basically they're like taking back the name but they were meant as insults and they basically called each other that because the shakers are an offbreak of the quakers <laughs> this sounds so made up i know <laughs> that's why i want to share it because it's so funny uh so the quakers started as the like okay gosh let me go back here like, was there, what was their name? The Religious Society of Friends was their original name. Okay. And they believed in the godliness, like God's light existed in all of us. And like, they, they were like the first, I think, yeah, to start like quaking when they felt the light of God. And so they would like, their knees would buckle and stuff. And so people started calling them the Quakers to make fun of them. And then they were like, no, we'll take that word and we will be the Quakers. And then... In the 1800, or like 1750, and this is why the Shakers came to the United States, the Shakers believed that this, because uh, they were actually the United Society of Believers in Christ's Second Coming was their full name. And they shook in fear of God returning. And so they were called the Shakers. <laughs> I feel my brain shutting down right now. Oh, oh my gosh, this is amazing.
But the Shakers are dumb because they didn't believe in having children because, like, God's coming. Why would we have children if God's coming? And so the Shakers all died out in, like, the 19, like early 1900s because, like, they didn't have any children. So <laughs> uh, there's actually a Shaker village, like, 30 miles from me. And, like, it's really interesting. Yeah, they had, like, complete separate men's and women's living conditions and all that stuff. And it's like, wow, look at this perfect, peaceful society where there was, like, no badness happening and no sex and no children. <laughs> Sounds well, pretty boring to me. Well, I can tell you one thing that wasn't shaken. Them goddamn bedposts. <laughs> <laughs> well, meanwhile, in Quaker villages, them bedposts were a quaking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it all. Oh, goddammit. Uh, your funny Christian moment today brought to you by uh, Bible Man, the TV series <laughs> from the early, the late 90s about Bible Man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, sorry for that tangent. I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, yeah, I'm kind of peeking through more, like, for Ragnarok, you know. Oh, wait, is this what I think? Hold on. It was kind of, like I said, kind of coming through here. And there's a photo that is kind of, it's supposed to be depicting, um, you know, a scene of Ragnarok. Paint me a word and, picture because our our viewers aren't watching. This. Right? Paint yeah. So it's, it's 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 a, one of the carvings that's on one of the stave churches um, that they have claimed to be interpreted as containing depictions of snakes and dragons that represent Ragnarok. And it, honestly, as first sight, I, it looked very similar to the carvings that we saw at the stave church here in Moorhead that was based off of the um, Hopperstead. Thank you, Hopperstead uh, stave church. This one is the. Urnes, U-R-N-E-S, Save Church. Um, if you like the Uranus. Uranus, there we go, thank you. Yeah. English is hard for me sometimes. But yeah, so it, it, there is some speculation that the carvings on that Save Church are, you know, depictions of the snakes and dragons that represent Ragnarok, which, I mean, does kind of fit in with, you know, during Ragnarok, um, Jormungandr, you know, separates from the world and you know uncoils and everything and basically him being the the thing that holds essentially the world together you know it starts to fall apart so it's interesting that they have that in here um you know, whether or not it says obviously it says it's uh interpreted as that it doesn't necessarily mean that it is but it is interesting to see that so what you're saying is is Jormungandr held the world together and then after he uncoils is when the world falls apart. Is that what you're saying? So what you're saying is, is if we can trace everything back to the death of Harambe, <laughs> <laughs> we can see that the world clearly went to shit right after the death of Harambe. <laughs> all right. Oh my god. Look at all. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's kind of. Well, on that, I mean. You know, I think one of the reasons, you know, I'm not saying, uh, John, you know, you're, uh, hopefully you're listening to this. I'm not saying you're saying, you know, sending this to us because, you know, you think like the world is ending or anything like that. But I do think it's a common thought in a lot of people's minds is, mm. you know, look at our lives. You know, we're all, you know, Ian, you know, you're almost into your 30s. You know, what's yep. happened in the last 30 years? I mean, you one could argue, like, look at the last 30 years and tell me the world is an ending. Uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, I like look back, you know, like 9-11, you have, you know, Hurricane Katrina, you have COVID-19, uh, now you have the war in Ukraine, and it seems like everything's back to back to back, like there's this never-ending yeah. chaos in the world. 
so I think a lot of people are looking at that and they're thinking, well, I mean, it looks like Ragnarok is happening. Um, so yeah, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, I can definitely see that. Cause I mean, even, you know, for, you know, the longest time coming up on like 2012, the whole Mayan calendar thing oh, yeah. was obviously very, very big. You know, how many that, that year prior or like two years prior, you know, building up to that, how many different like documentaries and, and you know, articles and blah, blah, blah started happening and because of that, you know, obviously, you know, Mayan calendar apocalypse hasn't happened and then you had people were trying to be like oh no no but if you read it this way like it's yeah yeah we were wrong and, yeah so, you know there's been like one of my favorite you know things as far as like referring to the craziness that has happened within the last so long is just a simple meme taken from the witcher where he's talking about how he's been through three alleged end times and like so many dark ages and it, it that does i feel like speak volumes for this current generation because yeah you're right like be approaching 30 like i've seen a lot of weird shit you know go down within that within a lifetime whereas comparatively like a lot of people you know a generation before us or two generations before us they would have been like what is happening you know so it can i feel like a lot of people do kind of get hung up on that sense of um you know the end and like apocalyptic stuff because i mean think of it in modern culture too you know as far as entertainment you have like the book of eli which is one of my favorite books but that is you know an apocalyptic setting based off of you know a more realistic you know doom and gloom kind of a situation but um and then you have like video games like uh fallout and uh, you know a bunch of others it's it's it i feel like it's such a saturated theme that yeah I can see it I can see people then just kind of like taking that into consideration looking at the world currently or even you know the past 10 20 years and being like oh shit like this is you know we are currently living it or it's about to happen it's like at that tipping point or that breaking point part of my argument against like the the uh trying to find my words now uh this takes me back to like when I was either still in church or right after I got like right after I started becoming like agnostic um, because I would always, you know, people always go on and on and on about, you know, the rapture, the, you know, judgment day, the end and all that. And I, uh, you know, they've been preaching that crap for the past like 1500 or a thousand years. And I mean, you got to think like of all the horrible things that have happened in the world, especially like going back to like the black plague where what 30 or was it 30 or 50 million people that died. Like, just it was just like two thirds of the Earth's population. Yeah, yeah you know. A, but I mean, if there was ever going to be an end times thing, I mean, fuck, people had to think that was it. And then all yeah. the wars and everything else, famine, uh, you know, all the the stuff is it just it repeats itself. Yeah, I mean, that was I mean, that was going to be my point. You know, I definitely wanted to get your guys' opinion before I shared mine. Uh, you know, I make an argument all the time, uh, and maybe it's my ultra positive outlook on life at times. Is right now is honestly not that bad. I mean, yeah. we're just more aware of the badness in the world. It doesn't mean the badness in the world didn't exist before we had smartphones in our hands all the time. Uh, like, yeah. you know, I, again, I make an argument like, you know, Caleb said, you know, if the black plague wasn't the end times, I don't know what was because the black plague is one of the only times in human history that we know of where two thirds of the population were wiped out. You know, that's crazy. Um, and so, you know, we're sitting here like, okay, you know, COVID killed 1% of the population. I mean, black plague's knocking. 
uh you know we're looking at you know ukraine war i mean yes people are dying it's a travesty but wars do happen all the time and they've been happening since the dawn of human history and yes we are being made more aware of it now we're getting an hour by hour a minute by minute update of everyone that dies but that doesn't change the fact that wars have been happening for a very long time in fact again world war ii if world war ii or world war one was not the end days I don't know what was. I mean, you know, the travesties of World War II. I mean, I think World War One was a much more devastating war. Both were horrific. But World War One, you know, just the pictures, you know, the, the endless trench warfare, the way it changed Europe's landscape forever, uh, you know, the way it changed the world forever. That was a catastrophic event in human history. And then World War Two was really just the sequel covering up from the mess of World War One. Uh, so, you know, you have all these other events, not, you know, and then the dozens of other events that have happened in human history, the fall of Rome. Um, all of these things have happened and humankind has survived. And so I, you know, unless a meteor strikes us, I really don't see human civilization ending. I mean, personally, again, maybe it's the optimist side of me um, is we find a way to work through it uh, uh, through any of the dark times. We find a way to per persevere and we, we come out better in the end. Um, now, I think that goes back to the cyclical nature thing. Like we go through these really traumatic times. It's rebirthed. And we go through another cycle. So we might be go. We are going through a traumatic time right now. I'm not denying that. But also, I don't think it's the end time necessarily. One yeah. of the things I've always thought was uh, sorry, and I didn't mean to cut no, you off. Uh, but one of the things I've always thought is like whenever we have these, you know, every culture has their uh, in the mythology has their end time story, and that's always almost made me wonder if it was the survivors of a, catacly a cataclysmic event that started telling these stories and then they became these legends and then myths and then, you know, everything else was birthed from it. I mean, you can, you can put on your tinfoil hat and, you know, look into like some of those, <laughs> you could look into like the, uh, the ancient, like uh, the more, the ancient advanced civilizations that were lost in the past. Like, you know, there's, you know, you could look at Atlantis, whatever uh, the Hyperborean stuff or, there's one that's down. There was one that's, it's said that was like down on Antarctica. I cannot remember the name of it. Um, but there's all, you know, but it really seems like the, all these stories kind of came from, uh, you know, the possible survivors of these horrific events. And then they became the legends that they are today. I never really actually thought of it that way, which is, you know, that's an interesting take on it. Like that every, you know, religious end of times, you know, could have very well happened to some degree and then was yeah like you said told from the survivors to that generation that survived or the next generation after that and then obviously like with time you know stories tend to get grander and more uh you know more eccentric and stuff like that so yeah I mean, so it turned from a uh you know what we see as prediction now from where it was actually a history story yeah i think mm. that's i think that's potentially a better way of looking at it instead of a, a prediction or a a yeah a, a well, yeah, just a prediction to a history lesson. Yeah. Okay. And, let's put on two tinfoil hats here. Okay. We'll, we'll um, go ahead before we put on that second tinfoil hat. Oh, no. I was just going to say, like, <laughs> it, it would be very easy for something to go from a, a history of this happened to this is going to happen just from, you know, things being passed orally. You know, words get yeah. changed, things are forgotten, things are changed. And then, well, you know, languages change. Yeah. And well, so I mean, things get put in different orders. And then, uh, you know, the, the phrases, you know, the, the, you know, the tense of this did happen to this is coming. This is going to happen again. Yeah. Well, yeah. Having learning German right now and having learned French verb tenses are weird dog. And so like, <laughs> you know, the fact that we barely uh, verb tenses are all over the place and could change with like one letter, you know, let alone 
what would have happened a thousand years ago with language. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but I mean, you look at the Ragnarok legend now, and it does sound like more of a story of what has already happened versus a story that will happen. Um, you know, especially in the prose that it basically declares like it happened, you know, it's yeah. over. Uh, and again, that could be Snorri's own interpretation of it. But yeah, I mean, I kind of like the idea of, you know, it is a story that has already happened. Um, and here's where we're putting on the second tinfoil hat, everybody. Put on that second tinfoil hat. I need to see it. Oh, Put yeah, it on okay. there. There we go. Okay, cool, cool. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the second tinfoil hat, I mean, look at the global, I mean, I just talked about this in a video, you know, look at things like serpent mounds or any of the petroglyphs or any of the evidence of the ancient world that we, you really don't fully understand. Um, there is a very fine line, you know, a very like thin veil between our history and a history that we don't understand. We see there's stuff on the other side, but no one is really willing to make, because it's all broad guesses. We can only broadly guess what happened in after a certain year. I mean, really, we only have evidence of the world around the of the Iron Age, you know, Bronze Age a little bit, but before then we're kind of just guessing uh, with what little artifacts and artifact here and there. So, I mean, you know, I know I've heard people say it all the time, you know, there could have been a massive civilization before, you know, the age we know of, and that civilization fell apart and then birthed the age that we live in now. And I think with that theory uh, that you shared, Caleb, that, you know, a big cl a cl a climatic event happened that broke apart an old ancient civilization that was much larger than we expected. Uh, and then we're, we're living in is the aftermath of that civilization falling, I think is a perfectly plausible theory. Oh, and just something something that just hit in my head so like you know how we like this goes back to like when we're talking about the labyrinths and how the shamans how we how we think that like that's how the shamans would like speak to each other on the other sides of the world and things like that what if that you know what if all that is from from that type of civilization you know that was a shared thing that they all knew it all fell apart and then you just had you had the shamans that still had the knowledge but they didn't know where it came from exactly. well and not just you know we can, you know, joke about Christianity and joke about shakers and Quakers and stuff like that. But just because we're not Christian doesn't mean the Bible doesn't have some things right, um, or at least doesn't allude to some things that might have actually happened. Uh, you know, was it the Tower of Babel? Uh, uh, yeah, Babylon. The Tower of Babel, Babylon, whatever. The tower that was like, basically humans were like, we're going to try to reach God. We're going to build a tower. And then yeah. God was like, no, and shattered it and then spread over. And that's where we get the different languages and stuff like that, supposedly. I mean, it, it, it doesn't really sound like something like that legitimately happened, but it does suggest that at one point, humans were united together in one civilization, one culture, at least to some extent. And then they shattered and spread after that. This is our big conspiracy episode. Anyway. I know, right? Should, should we get the oh, should we get the third tinfoil hat? I mean, oh, <laughs> we're getting very close to ancient alien stocks, boys. <laughs> oh, I was I was thinking it earlier. Well, know, yeah, I mean, like, pyramids, boom, pyramids, yeah, right there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one you know you were kind of breaking about like talking about like yeah, there's a certain date and time frame that we just we can only speculate. And I mean, it's been you know tested and proven that for us to build the pyramids again is essentially impossible even with modern technology yeah you know that was done at this point almost four thousand years ago so like what right and, and then it, uh again things like uh, the serpent mound I, I just did a video at you know serpent mound in north america ohio modern day ohio is built and lined up to all the equinoxes and the solstices and then stonehenge 
4,000 miles away is also built to the equinoxes and the solstices built around the same time. And it's like, hmm, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's like like you said with, with the Serpent Mound, you know, the, the group of individuals that built that have been lost to history. Like they're just- Yeah, they're even <laughs> lost to the other native tribes or at least, you know, yeah. to the point where they didn't have stories about them. So how many they're other like, tribes were lost? Yeah. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's really fascinating stuff. And I, I do think there's, you know, the scholarly world, again, really tries to avoid these conversations because they don't have any quantifiable evidence to look at and say, well, you know, we can build something off of this. You know, it's just because there isn't any, you know, whatever event happened or it was just so long ago, there's just nothing left. Um, but we do know that, you know, there are, I mean, shoot, not even like uh, the end story and like re uh, revelations in Christianity, but you had the Tower of Babel or Babel or whatever, and then you also had the flood at the same time. So they had like two climatic events they mentioned in the Bible. So, you know, yeah. there could have been two dramatic events that destroyed the world as to some extent or destroyed civilization. Uh, but, you know, that was most likely just the, you know, Mesopotamian River Valley flooding, but whatever. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's I know, like what I've always enjoyed the apocalypse stories within religion like well, not even just Ragnarok but you know like what you said mentioned like Revelation stuff. as those who know me I am very edgelordy and so naturally what is the most edgelord thing than apocalyptic stories um but it some of the stuff you know it, particularly like in Ragnarok since that is the main topic of this discussion is like Loki's ship in particular has always oh, been nails. yes like what yeah like what <laughs> i'm going to yeah. build a ship of human nails like it seems very inefficient it just seems so this yeah, do you have like, like a farm of people growing nails you right know? like that is honestly of all like the the situations that happen within ragnarok that is the one that has always like made me think about the most out of the, all of it because i'm just like like what is this thing what does this grotesque monstrosity look like first off you know what i mean like how many people yeah how many people did he do like to use this for and where did he get said nails you know like <laughs> again it just doesn't seem very watertight to me you know? oh hell no <laughs> no magic what is magic <laughs> right yeah well magic should have chose a better building material <laughs> yeah now imagine like you know we're sitting here like debating how this could happen in the real world but like what if it just like straight up happened exactly how it was said in the poetic and prose edda just like straight up all of a sudden we're walking outside and you're we just like y'all horde fucking goes off all of a sudden it turns into fimbleventure uh, like it starts snowing everywhere like everyone goes fucking crazy and before you know it you just start seeing these massive armies come out of the ground and like from the sky and you're like what the fuck yeah <laughs> You see Hati and Skull devouring the sun and the moon, and you're just like, oh, shit. Well, yeah, and Hati and Skull and stuff like that, you know, that right there to me is, again, the same thing with, like, the, the earthquake thing. I think mm -hmm. the, you know, eclipses obviously happened before this legend happened. I don't think yeah. it's because of the legend they happened. So I think, again, that people were sitting there eating their, you know, bowl of, you know, roasted boar, and all of a sudden they looked up and they're like, what the fuck is happening to the sun? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then they, they created a story for it. I mean, how many eclipses have we seen in our lifetime? You know, we haven't seen like yeah. a full, like, you know, like a full on like moon and moon from the sun. I don't think I've seen that. 
but I've seen partial eclipses several times throughout my life. Yeah. Cause you know, that's, that's one thing like with living in, you know, where we are at, at least in the United States, seeing the full eclipses is usually not very common because it's usually closer to one's one edge of the poles compared to the other. Um, so being kind of in the middle, we don't necessarily get the, the full, uh, the full show, so to speak. But yeah. Like, you're up more north, like Scandinavia. Hell yeah. You can see those. That's usually some of the best places to see things like that. And I mean, obviously you have the Northern Lights as well. You know, and further south, uh, you know, like South America-wise, like the Mayan and Aztec, like they would have seen that stuff as well. So like... Yeah, here we go. Here's an interesting thing. Uh, so uh, eclipses happen every 18 months somewhere around the world. It depends mm-hmm. where you're at that it actually happens. And they only reoccur in the same location every 360 to 410 years. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it might not happen every person's lifetime that they see it, but enough in a story-based lifetime and in a time that you would have stories told to you where someone saw the entire sun engulfed by the moon. You know, yeah. that's, again, a traumatic event, in which, like, earthquakes or volcanoes, uh, all these things that we feel more comfortable with now because we understand them because of science. But at the same time, you know, those were terrifying events. We didn't know what the fuck they were. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, when I first experienced my, like, my first earthquake, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was just sitting, minding my business, and all of a sudden, power went out, and stuff started. Like it, it felt, literally felt like I was kind of falling. It was, you know, it was short into my military career. I was in Wichita Falls, Texas, of all places, um, and I was in like our in the in my dorm room, which is on the third floor, and everything kind of felt like a shift. And I legitimately thought that the building was collapsing. I was just like, what is going on? And I immediately ran over to like my TV because I didn't want to fall. That's why I, I saw it sort of tip. You know, the people that have experienced earthquakes are like, oh yeah, no, that was an earthquake. That was super confused. So yeah, imagine, you know, not knowing what an earth, you know, like how an earthquake works or what it what it is in general. You know, because once I found out that it was an earthquake, I was like, oh, okay. Like it wasn't a very big one. But it was at least you had enough. a name for it, you know. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I had a very good understanding of like what happened when somebody said earthquake. I was like, oh, interesting. That was my first earthquake. Hmm. I saved my TV from falling. Like, boom, there you go. Like, <laughs> you know, and it was, I was pretty much over it after that. And so, yeah, to, to experience something like that as an ancient culture and not have a deep understanding of how like tectonic plates work and et cetera, as far as we're aware, you know, like that shit would be traumatizing. Well, uh, I was just looking it up too, uh, like tornadoes, like imagine being like, you know, believer in Thor and you're just sitting there and you see a thunderstorm coming and then like a funnel of cloud just strikes the earth and starts destroying the earth. What the fuck are you going to (laughs) think? Yeah. Yeah. It's. And I did look it up. They're not uncommon in Norway. So like, I do think there's interesting. Yeah, like, I, I always thought for the longest time that tornadoes were pretty unique to the United States. I mean, and they're mm-hmm. most common. Tornadoes are most common in North America. Uh, but they, uh, apparently, 300 tornadoes still touch down in Europe every year. Interesting. Yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, as far as I'm aware, like, that's, it's generally too cold and not, you know, those. those yeah, they don't have the right, and... the right temperature. But also, they, yeah. they don't have enough flat land. You know, here, you know, the plains yeah. are basically tornado food. Yeah. And someone yeah, thought it would yeah. be a good, a good idea to build civilizations there. I mean, idiots. Uh, manifest destiny. <laughs> manifest <laughs> destiny. <laughs> uh, I never I never knew that they actually had tornadoes in Europe. Um, I always figured that if they saw them, that they would be, you know, water spouts, you know, when they were yeah. out on the seas. Which would also be equally as terrifying. 
Oh, you yeah, know. dude. I've, I've, I saw a water spout once, like, first time that, and, like, I didn't know what to do because I was on the beach and it touched it. It was a very small one, but it touched down and it started coming like it might have been 50 foot off uh, off the uh, the beach. And as soon as it hit the uh, hit the sand, it just kind of dispersed. But I was like, uh, <laughs> and what to do? I was just oh like, my gosh, dude, like, <laughs> you know, I've never been I've never been in the eye of a hurricane. I've actually been in a hurricane before, like a tropical storm that's like moved through uh, a place I was in, uh, you know, and it's crazy powerful. But uh, like the eye of a storm, you know, seeing pictures of those are the most one of the most haunting things in the I think the natural <laughs> world to see such chaos and intensity in nature. But in the center, you just have peace and sun and like joy and then it's back to destruction <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> and so again just like imagining like a pagan mind you know not that like a, a norse like a viking would have seen a hurricane more than likely but again just like ancient peoples being in the eye of a hurricane just like the eye of fucking god <laughs> yeah. yeah and so yeah again like all of these things you know again within our lifetime how many natural things have happened as far as like wildfires hurricanes and tornadoes mm. i mean again tornadoes just tore through kentucky in december like it was like the longest tornado in recorded history it was like 230 miles this damn thing traveled uh yeah. you know and destroyed hundreds of homes and i think over you know several dozen people died and so that's just my lifetime here in this world you know what about thousands of years of human history of course we have end time stories because the world's fucking terrifying yeah mother nature is uh, not to be trifled with yeah so yeah, I you know I think that's a I think that's where I'm kind of ending ending my my thoughts on this on is I, I do think that in time events have been recorded throughout human history and that's why they exist in almost every mythology and every cultural story uh, because the world does freaky shit a lot and so people have had to find explanations for this and oftentimes their gods get involved because they are very powerful and traumatic events uh, you know is it a guarantee that they're going to happen again pretty much like yeah they're going to happen again. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it's ever to the point, at least not in our, our seeable human history, where it's so destructive that it just wipes out all of civilization. Yeah, I can get behind that, unless it's some, like, don't look up situation. Great movie, by the way, for those who have not seen it. Honestly, I was just thinking of, like, the same sort of thing. I, I, I was thinking of the, uh, I think this happened, like, 1900, or like maybe it was the late 1890s, but there was a big asteroid or meteor that hit in... Uh, this forest in Russia or Siberia. And oh yeah. This, everything yep. from like a, like oh, a yeah, hundred miles or something like that. Yeah. I mean, could you, I mean, could you, yeah. Could you imagine shit like that happening in like, you know, I don't, I imagine that at some point things like that have hit, you know, at least every place on earth probably once, you know, the, it's going to depend or it's going to differ in size as to how big it was. But I mean, fuck, could you imagine seeing something like that and then living through it? My first scientific yeah. realization as a child is like when we were going, it was like fourth or fifth grade yeah geography or whatever uh and they were like showing pictures of the united states and i was looking at the gulf of mexico and i was like that looks like a fucking crater <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like oh it is a fucking crater <laughs> yeah. yep yeah oh, that's man. oh my gosh yeah that's crazy oh, i mean and just today i was posting i posted something in the discord because someone was wondering the connection between like at the appalachian mountains and appalachian hill culture to like Scandinavian culture and why there seems to be a connection. And it's because the uh, mountains in the Appalachian mountains are the same goddamn mountains in Scotland and Norway, which is baffling. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously not in any known human history. I mean, that was millions of years ago. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the very rocks that we're walking on in Kentucky are the same rocks in Scotland and Norway. And there's, there's something, there's something there. That's wild. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, in, that's insane. Ugh, what? 
Yeah, after I learned that, that explained a lot as why, like, the way that the magic and spirits and everything like that are here explains why it, it connects so much to, you know, the the old the gods of the old north. Well, and I um I someone asked me a question not too long ago talking about why it seemed like around Appalachia that, uh, you know, everything's been kind of centered. I mean, our most populated regions are all Appalachian regions. Um, as far as Norse paganism, and it seems like Norse paganism in particular is really picking up in the Appalachian regions. And I, I really, and we've talked about this with Sean, and I really think it's because we're, we feel something to it. Uh, there is a magic to these mountains that is calling us back, back home, literally. Damn. Damn. Get the fuck yeah. out of Minnesota. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You've been in these hills. You, you felt that magic. You felt I mean, that. you're not, yeah, you're not wrong. Like when we went to the gorge, like, it was just such a, a a literal like dense feeling of just like something. Like I I've got I go through those photos that I took regularly, and it's just that one photo that I have of that rock that is just completely covered in moss, and just how green that shit is. Like it's not you know there's no filter on it. There's no I didn't do any adjusting to it whatsoever to make it that much more green. Like and it was taken just, in February. And yeah, and it was taken in February. Like. That place is, yeah, that place is magical. I don't know. Shit. So the uh, so the note I want to leave, I think the best thing to leave everyone on is we're definitely not the uh, we're not the shakers and quakers, man. Like I definitely don't <laughs> think you know our community or our personal beliefs are that the world is ending and that we need to get on the side of a hill and wait for Odin to take us out. Like that is definitely not our thing. I, I definitely think we are in a much better time in human history than we realize. We're just more aware of the suffering around the world. There is suffering. It is undeniable. There's suffering around the world, but it's not as bad as some other times in human history. Uh, and so I don't think Ragnarok is coming. I don't think the world is ending. Um, and I don't think it's a healthy way to live. Um, I think, you know, one day we're all going to die. That's our only guarantee. And whether that's from a meteor hitting the earth or from old age, it's going to happen one day. So the most we can do with our life, no matter if it's a meteor or old age, is just to live life, enjoy it, make an impact, be good, be respectful, um, and leave the world a slightly better place uh, than we left it. Shit. Yeah. Fuck, fucking well. skull, boys. Skull that. <laughs> uh, well, John, I hope you. Uh, I hope that answered your questions, and thank you again for your email. Uh, we are trying to get better at responding to emails, uh, and I have like six emails now tied to my name, and it's just getting chaotic. Uh, so, <laughs> if you want to be like John, and uh, you have a question for us on the podcast, or want to be on the podcast, feel free to see and send us an email at the podcast at gmail .com. That was a weird accent, and it changed six yeah. times when I was saying it. I was. I'm just, I'm just gonna end this now. Black Skull. 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 <laughs> <laughs>